Support for this podcast comes from PayPal. Small business owner, PayPal QR codes are the safe and easy payment option. It's all the security PayPal is known for online, in person. Cash only, QR codes allow you to accept credit or debit with everyday low fees. No additional hardware or software needed. Use the app to generate your unique QR code. Customers scan your code with their PayPal app to pay you. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is episode number 57 with our guest, Anel Bester. Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey there, guys. Thanks for joining us. You're tuned right into The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Josh Carey. Our guest today is a high-performance and success strategist who believes you deserve far more than the BS, that's right, I said BS, that you're handed to, that, that's, I'm sorry, you deserve far more than the BS handed to you on a daily basis. She wants every person to aim higher, go further, and be phenomenally happy. Imagine that. She does this by liberating them from the fear of not being good enough by gifting them the emotional experience of achievement and pride in themselves. I am so ready for a magnificent dialogue with none other than the Anel Bester. How are you, Anel? Oh, I am, can I say, fucking awesome. You said um, it. <laughs> Let's not, let's not use the abbreviations today and let, let's let the passion through. Um, absolutely so ready and so blessed to be here today and to just share whatever I can um, with your audience to, to give them an experience of what is possible for them. Uh, and, and giving them the, uh, including the F word, let's talk about this because I noticed, and this is something I, I, I really want to get your take on because I know that you, you come with this language, certainly no judgments here. And I know that it's a deliberate choice on your part. What, why that deliberate choice? What does it do for you? Who does it attract? What's the benefit? Why? So I come from a really conservative upbringing. So um, I'm from the Afrikaans culture where, you know, cursing is, is kind of like opening the door to hell and for a woman to curse is even worse. And so I lived in this really constrictive language for majority of my life. And there came a turning point where I questioned, I started questioning everything. I knew that I wasn't, completely tapping into the power that was available to me 
And I also started understanding that our language is the most incredible vehicle of creating our life and the energy that the language brings. And so I started doing, um, let's call it challenging endurance sports. And the more I started doing the sports, the more um, spicy my language became, especially when you're out there on the really long training rides and, you know, you're hurting like a motherfucker. And I would start just letting the language come through and the energy that it released within my body, the power that it released within my body was just mind-blowingly powerful. And it took me a long time to give myself permission to use my language freely, especially online. Got a lot of resistance in the beginning from people going, that's so unprofessional, you know, how can you be like that? You, you re they had me take down my website, take down the language in my website. And the most interesting thing started happening. People reached out to me more and more and say, thank you for giving me permission mm. to speak my truth without having to think about the words that I use. And so I started attracting more and more people who don't necessarily curse in their daily lives, but hearing me use it without the taboo, without the judgment, without that preconceived idea of it says anything about me and my identity, was so freeing to them and so empowering that I was like, oh, fuck it, you know, I'm just going to let the message come through in whatever way it wants to come through. And that's how I now curse everywhere when, when the time is called for. There's no judgment. Yeah, and I love so much about that because as you pointed out, in business, you have to, you have to really uh, determine whether you are going to or are not going to. And I love that you are not using profanity just because, just for the case, just to get attention, right? You use it, as you said, it's defined by your, um, I, I just want to not be restricted. So through that, you're attracting the people, whether they curse or not, they're like, I love this, I love what you stand for, and I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because for me, at the end of the day, we have to get past the, um, the social judgmental little criteria that's given to us. And when we start questioning it, for me, it's not about judging people. You know, for me, it's not about judging people and what they do as right or wrong. It's about judging, is it right or wrong for me? Is it empowering for me? Is it liberating for me? Is it authentic for me? And then if it's not, then I don't have to do it. And if it is, then I give myself full permission to, to do whatever it is that feels good for me to do at the time. So, yeah, you know, we just have to start questioning where, where we get these beliefs and these ideas from. And are they even ours or do they belong to the previous generations? Maybe it served them, but does it still serve us? And if it does, baby, blow yourself out of the water. And if it doesn't, have the balls to actually contradict it and see what effect that has in your life. Mm. 
Yeah, I've spent so much of my life, um, which is the the whole uh, uh, core of my brand, the hidden entrepreneur, hiding behind fear, scared out of my mind, not showing up as the person I knew I could and should be, but rather wanting to appear in front of everybody else uh, in a way that I thought would appeal to them. How do they want them to be? What is what is going to get them to like me? And that, after uh, after some decades, gets um, gets very exhausting. You can imagine. Yes, I think we've all done that. I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I know I did certainly. You know, for majority of my life, I tried to fit into the the box created for a woman to be pleasing and and liked and listened to, and. I almost, you know, I got suicidal depression because it was so out of alignment with who I am deep inside. And it was, like you said, exhausting. I I remember waking up in the mornings and thinking, I can't remember which mask to put on, you know, how to appear in, in what context. And it was, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I think when you get to that point where it's like, do I take the pills today and just just end it all or not? Then if you're not going to take the pills, oh my God, then choose thrive. Stop choosing existence. Don't Don't just live another day. Fucking thrive another day. Why not? I love it. But- yeah, we're going to talk about that depression. We're going to talk about choosing to thrive. Absolutely powerful. I want to just uh, talk about your role today as business person. Um, how do you work with clients? How do you help them get results? What's that process look like? So for me, I break it down into three very clear areas. So for me, it's about clarity alignment and action. Now the clarity for me is all about the mindset. The alignment is what I call soul set. And then the action is the body set. So when we bring mind, body and soul together, there is a powerful activation of a power triad within us that just manifests into the most incredible results. So what I have found is most people don't have clarity. They don't know what they really want. They don't know why they really want it. And they don't want to know where they're really at. So they don't want to get very clear and realistic because they feel bad. They want to, they kind of go into this whole shame business like, oh my God, am I still doing this? (laughs) So I provide a space for my clients where they can get clear without the shame. It just is what it is. It's just our starting point. And when you know where you are and where you want to be, the the path just becomes clear. So then I take them into alignment where we create the avatar of the person who's already successful. We have a look and see what is out of alignment internally and externally and shift it so that You know, there's no more contradiction between who they are and who they desire to be that will get them the outcomes. And then it's about aligned action. Nothing happens without action. Nothing happens without you actually using your body and and making those forward movements. But it's also about continuously checking in to say, 
okay, I've taken the action, what's the result? What do I need to adjust? What is the next aligned action? So it's this beautiful, you know, circular motion, spiral upwards of just continuously clarity, alignment, action, clarity, alignment, action. And then they take their impossible dreams and they live the possibilities. It's possible. I know it is. I agree with all that. I want to talk about that middle word, alignment. We hear that a lot. What does that actually mean? What does it look like? How do we get into it? Okay. So for me, alignment is all about the energy. A lot of the time I see people take a lot of action, but it's not aligned action. It's the hamster wheel action that they take. So there's no oomph behind it. There's no driving force behind it. And this is where they get into the daily grind. Like, oh my God, same shit, different day. And they do it over and over again. So what I've come to realize is that if you want to succeed in a specific area of your life, you have to understand what is the energetic vibration of having that already. Now, when you understand what that looks like, and it's really simple, guys, you do a journaling exercise in the morning and you just ask yourself, who is the person who's already achieved that goal? What are they thinking? What do they believe? How do they dress? How do they eat? How do they exercise? What are the conversations they are having? What are the things they no longer tolerate in their lives? It's like you strip out all of the gunk that's in your energy at the moment and you step into the energetic vibration, which is now in complete alignment with what you want. So what happens is once you have this aligned um, energy between who you desire to be and what they have, you think different thoughts. So instead of going, oh, I can't do this right now, you ask. What if I could do this right now? Or how can I do this right now? It's almost as if you collapse the times between where you are and where you want to be. And then all of that resistance melts away. Because if you think about it, the only reason you don't have what you already say you want to have is there's a resistance inside of you. Yes. And that resistance is what keeps you out of receiving. Now, I'm also going to say this. I learned that in order for us to get into alignment, there is a sacrifice that needs to happen. Now, people go, oh, my God, sacrifice? I don't want to give anything up, which I get, right? And this whole two-year-old tantrum happens inside of us. But then I heard one day, and this made so much sense, sacrifice is releasing that which is of a low vibration so that we may step into the high vibration. Now, if you think about it, everything that you say you want is on a higher vibration than what you are living at the moment. And you can't have low and high vibrational energy in the same space. So how much do you really want it? And I think this is why the word sacrifice is so significant. Because you need to decide, what do you want more? Do you want success? Or do you want, I'm going to be horrible, the toxic relationships, the, the bad habits, those, those horrible words that you use like lazy or can't or struggle or survival. Which do you want? Because you can't have both. 
But what do you make of, I fully agree with all that. Um, what about the idea that people will uh, logically say, no, of course I want that. I don't want this relationship. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want it. So they say what they want or, or you know, what they, the, the opposite sort of. They're like, of course I want that, but I'm not getting it. Mm-hmm. So I call bullshit because you always get what you really want. So if you're looking in your life right now and you go, oh my God, I don't want that, bullshit. Because you have it, which means that on some level you actually want it. So my advice for people would be sit your ass down and figure out what are the hidden benefits of having that in your life right now. A lot of the time it is an excuse for us not to have to show up, right? Guilty as charged. I've been there. Been there as well. In all transparency, I've just left a 19-year marriage because at the end of the day, that was my excuse. Like, I can't possibly show up authentically myself because I'm in a marriage Mm. that is more conservative and Mm. my, my powerful message was causing troubles in the relationship. Which did I want more? At the end of the day, I chose my soul work right? And lovingly released the relationship. And I think this is what people need to understand as well. When we release that which doesn't really serve our our highest and greatest good, if that is what we choose, it's not from a space of, oh, you have to go now. It's love. Guys, it's love. You know, when you want to be in a high vibration, when you keep low vibrational people in your life, you're hurting them. It hurts them to be in your space. And that's when it's the most loving thing is to release those relationships Mm. and trusting that there will be a higher vibration already there for you. So if you're telling me that you don't want what you currently have, it's your choice, baby. It's your choice. And you need to start understanding why you are choosing that. And then you have to start taking different actions because if you're telling me you want something different, but you're continuously still taking the same action, no, I know, I just need to do more of this. I just need to, to, to work a little harder. No, 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 you're taking the wrong actions. You're taking the actions that's recreating the same patterns in your life. So to put it into your situation, you were in this 19-year marriage, which you now acknowledged was your, your comfortable excuse, right? So that's why you stayed in that acknowledged unhealthy environment because you needed that. You needed to choose that as your excuse for not thriving over here, right? Because you were were choosing to, nope, can't address that. That's too powerful, too magnificent for me right now. Can't wrap my head around that. So I'm going to use this marriage as the excuse in a sense for not achieving that. Mm -hmm. Because I think people need to realize We all have a desire for um, the known, but we also want change and adventure, right? But you need to decide which one you want more. Most people think they want change, but actually they're more comfortable in the known. So you know that you better the devil you know than the devil you don't? Well, most people are terrified of success because they don't know what that would look like in their lives. 
They know what it looks like to be broke. They know what it looks like to struggle. So even though it feels like shit, it's still more comfortable. Because here's the thing, for them to even get into understanding what success would look like, they have to go and surround themselves with successful people. And then they all feel like a fraud, like, oh my God, what if they catch me out? What if they mm. think I'm a moron? What if they think I'm an idiot? Instead of understanding that really successful people want more people to be successful. So, you know, what do you want more? Do you want to, to be in your comfort zone? Or are you willing to get uncomfortable? And a really good reframe for me, because I remember sitting journaling and going, oh my God, I have to leave. It's time to leave. But I'm terrified because, because the known is, is safer for me than change. And then I was like, what other words can I use to embrace the change? And it was, man, I'm a motherfucking Ironman athlete. I have done the sky run. I love adventure. I love adventure. I changed the word and said, I'm going on an epic adventure. Oh my God, how exciting. I have no idea how it's going to play out, but isn't that what an adventure is? You don't know how it's going to play out. You just trust, you just believe that you have whatever it takes to get to the finish line. And the moment I reframed it for myself to adventure, I was like, Boom, baby. Let's get this party started. I'm out. It happens. Wow. I want to learn so much more about you as an individual. Take us back, if you will, to the beginning of your time. Uh, Anel Bester, as a young child, paint that picture for us, please. What was life like growing up for you? life growing up was challenging. Um, I was always one of those kids who felt I didn't fit. I didn't belong. I right didn't here. belong in my family. You know, I was seen as the weirdo, the black sheep, the why do you always have to be so challenging? Why do you always have to be so defiant? Oh, so didn't fit into school. Um, you know, I wasn't a sporty child. I danced. Oh, God, I love dancing. I could dance seven days a week. So from the age of about six, I started dancing. Um, so as a child, I always knew I'm different. I always knew I didn't belong. I was the introvert in the popular group, as, as crazy as that sounds. So my friends would always be like the popular kids in the school. but on the inside, I was like, oh, like, okay, whatever. I just want to dance. Just leave me alone. I just want to dance and be on my own. And I needed that space for myself. Let so, me ask you a quick question. You mentioned that your words were, you always knew as a young child, you didn't fit in and you knew you were different. Was that only because you were told that or was there something going on? Because for me, I, I always felt that way but I never could identify why. I always was made to feel like I'm, I'm different, I don't fit in, but I always, looking from the inside, I was like, why? Well, what's so different about me? Yeah, so, so for me it was, and I still do this, I look at people and I'm like, 
what the fuck? <laughs> and I always, I look at how people talk and how they show up and how they act. And I just think, oh my God, I, like seriously, am I part of this race? I, I don't understand. I don't understand how they think. I don't understand how they operate. I don't understand how people can like just do the same existence day after day. I don't understand how people can't question. And I had these thoughts as a child as well. I would just continuously go, but mom, I don't understand. Why, why do you say I just have to do this? Why can't you tell me the reasoning behind it? And it was because I'm your parent and what I say goes, you know? And so, and, and I would just look at my family and go, why do they look so content being so average? Did I just say that? I, I just don't get average. I just didn't understand. And I grew up in a, a middle-class family, right? Um, with all the shit that goes on behind closed doors, all the abuse, all the, the, the insanity of, of, honestly, what most middle-class families are, if we are honest about it. Um, you know, my father was emotionally really unstable. My parents got divorced when I was 13 years old, thank God. And for me, the only person I ever felt a connection with was my grandfather. You know, he was the only person who I felt I didn't have to say anything. I could be in his presence and he just accepted me. And he was probably the only person in my childhood I ever felt that with. But looking back, he was a bit of an outcast in the family as well. He was the loner. He was like always, it was the family and my grandfather. And so I can remember climbing onto his lap and just curling up there and just thinking, oh, yes, this is where I belong. But the moment I got off his lap, it was like, oh, I'm in the wrong world again. Mm. So it was a really strange feeling. How did you, uh, by the way, can relate, been there, I get it. How did you emotionally deal as a child with those feelings? How did you process that? Dance, dance, dance. I danced all of the time. You know, I, I did ballet and then I went into contemporary dancing. I danced up to the age of 18 um, when I smashed my knees. For me, everything, I would just take it back to the bar. I would take it back to the floor. And um, looking back now, very much the same as what I use my sports for. Like when, when I couldn't cope emotionally, I would go into my body and I would move my body in ways that A, accentuated the pain. Mm. Because what I found was I could deal better with physical pain than emotional pain but I could translate my emotional pain into my body and it would actually change it for me. It, it, it's like you can use the pain and you can create something beautiful with it in form of expression. So for me as a child, I didn't have words to express. I wasn't really good with words as a child, but man, I could move my body. Like I could take all of that emotion, internalize it and then move my body in ways that could just like bring it all into, into an art. I the same that. that I do now with my blogging, really. Um, so it's about understanding that your emotions, you can work through them so much faster when you learn to use your body. Like we look at all the things like shaking. I don't know if you know about that, but you know, if you, if you guys go and Google shaking on YouTube, you'll see that everything happens on a cellular level. 
the mm. faster you can move it through your body, the faster you can get the emotional release. And that's when we get clarity of the gifts of the emotion. Because for me, all emotions are in service to us. If there's pain, your pain has a message. Go figure it out. If there's depression, your depression has a message. Go figure it out. And it's faster to do it when we first integrate it into our bodies than just trying to, you know, when people just sit and think about it, stop doing that shit. Stop sitting and thinking about it. You, you're driving yourself crazy. Move your body, get a pen, get a paper, start writing, start journaling, get clarity. Love that. When you were a young adult um, and you were in the discovering and, and moving through the dance and having that as your outlet, did you start to find people that began to connect and relate to you through that? Did you start to find some, some comfort there or was it just still uh, an individual you navigating the world? Very much individual. Um, I'm a lone wolf, you know, it took me a long time to understand this. I am still a lone wolf to this day. Um, <clears throat> I don't need other people around me. I look at some of the lions and they need those big prides. You know, for me, I'm very happy in the darkness in the forest and I can come and meet other wolves and play with them and then go off on my own again. But even then, I didn't really connect with other people. So for me, there had to come a time when I had to connect to a deeper power within myself, you know, and, and kind of, I used to think I was going crazy because I would hear voices talking to me and then I would go, oh, yep. So I, to this day, I make a joke. I say, I have many voices in my head. I'm never lonely, but I've learned that that's always been guidance really given to me. Now, whether I'm crazy or not, God only knows. But for me, they were always like, it's going to be okay now. These messages would just come through. And a lot of the time they came through while I was dancing. So I learned that if, if things were getting too much, go to the dance floor, you know, mm. go to the music, go and release. That's where I would always just reconnect and get grounded again. I want to expand on something you brought up. It's this lone wolf concept versus the lions as you you said it um i i i feel like i might be a lone wolf as well how do we know which we identify is it whether we're comfortable being alone or have a need to always be with others what does it mean so for me and again i can just speak for myself but i have found that some people really do need others around them they need that connection they need they feed off each other's energy right it's it's kind of it's beautiful to watch when they allow themselves to do that but i'm also talking about the healthy ones right i'm not talking about the yes. energetic vampires <laughs> that's out there so for me i can be with other people for short durations of time and then it's like I have to get away. I have to actually be on my own. I have to disconnect from the world and connect to myself on the inside. Now, I've also find that for a lot of us, it's because we're empaths, whether we are aware of that or not. So for me, when I'm around other people, I very quickly tap into their energies and I can feel what they're feeling. Now, sadly, 
most people aren't dealing with their emotions. They think they're suppressing it with alcohol, drugs, entertainment, overeating, whatever the case might be. But all that shit is sitting inside. So when people like us come into their presence, we feel that. And we, we can, it becomes a little bit too much after a while. So for me, I'm happy to be that role because it's really powerful in my coaching. I'm very grateful for the gift. But then I want to go on my own. I want to go to the beach. I want to just sit. I want to meditate. I want to be with my own thoughts. I'm never lonely. Like I so often hear people saying, I'm so lonely. If you're feeling lonely consistently, you're probably a lion. But if you can be alone and not feel lonely, you're probably a wolf, mm. right? We, we're so comfortable with our own company. We, we connect with the muse. That is when we create our art. It's not when we're surrounded by the energy of others, but when we truly connect with our own. Mm. Going back to your, your dancing days as um, through high school, and <laughs> there you are, well, through high school, um, did you want to pursue that or what did you look to, to be when you grew, grew up? Oh, I wanted to be on stage, baby. I wanted to dance. So for me, it was, there was never any other possibility than being a dancer. So, you know, when I hit 18 and in one dance smashed both my knees, I was like, holy shit, life as we know it has come to an end. And I have to admit, I was a little bit lost after that. But, you know, thank God I'm a really disciplined person. So for me, it was just like, okay, well, that door has closed. Where do we go to from here? Like, you know, not doing anything is not an option. And what was the so answer? Because, well, I went to go work in a bank. <laughs> okay. So, so here's the thing. I never gave any thought to studying after school. All I wanted to do was to move to New York, get into the ballet schools and go and be a professional dancer. So after school, I was like, okay, I have to find a job. You know, sitting at home is not an option. My parents were divorced by that stage. My mom was just making ends meet. So the, I just kind of went with the first opportunity that came along. I received an interview and I went and worked in the bank for two years. And it was an amazing experience, you know, right from the word go. Um, I remember I was working in the back office and I got really bored after about six months. And we had this rotation where you had to work every third Saturday or fourth Saturday. And you would sit there on your own because, you know, it's back office. <laughs> and I remember sitting there one day and I was like, oh, I'm so bored. And I walked into the CEO's office and I said to him, I'm really bored. And he's like, who are you? <laughs> you know, entry level clerk, like walking into his office. And we just started chatting. And I was like, oh my God, he's just a human after all. So, um, yeah, so did two years in the banking industry and then thought I wanted to be a chartered accountant of all things. So went to varsity, did one year of chartered accountancy and I was Again, so bored that all I did was drink and party all the time. Oh, <laughs> no, not that. 
<laughs> you know, but you know, when you, when you get to, to varsity campus at eight o'clock on a Monday morning and you go and sit in the crawl to start drinking because you don't want to go sit in accountancy 101, you have to question that. You have to kind of go, okay, maybe this wasn't the best choice after all. So um, good times. I went to go and see the counselor and they said to me, oh, you know, psychology was one of the things I was like, oh yeah, I'd love to work with crazy people because they fascinate me. So went into psychology, did my degree there. And um, by that stage, I was working in the restaurant industry to kind of pay tuition and stuff. And I thought, oh, restaurant industry is where I want to be. So after I did my degree, went into the restaurant industry, had a, a really short seven-month marriage, which most people don't even know about. So I, I went and did that because why not? And, you know, I just kept on going with whatever life presented me. And um, I had finished my honors in psychology and then God gifted me with depression. And that was the most beautiful gift in my life because after being on antidepressants, which FYI sucks, and going for therapy, which FYI was fucking horrible, I was like, okay, no, I'm not going to be a shrink after all. And um, found a kickboxing dojo, kickboxed my way out of depression, and then became a coach and I've been doing that ever since. And it's magic. It's what I was born to do. Brilliant story. Uh, let's talk about that gift of depression. Interesting uh, outlook, but I get it because you are now able to look back on that time and say, going through that has helped. Well, absolutely. For me, the gift of depression was really holding up a mirror to the fact that I was so out of alignment with who I am. You know, here I was this, I'm such a dynamic, driven, ambitious, badass bitch. And I was in this marriage where I had to be obedient and quiet and well behaved. And you know, the woman behind the successful man. Mm. I even tried being a stay at home mom. I made pork sausages from scratch <laughs> and paper machés and, you know, try to really be the dutiful wife and, and mom as per was, you know, dictated by my culture at that stage. And in the process, I had committed spiritual suicide. I basically, I'll, I'll never forget this, I was out on a run one morning and I had this image of me having taken my soul and put it in a coffin and nailed it shut and put it underground. And I remember seeing the claw marks on the inside of the coffin of me trying to get out and going, I'm fucking suffocating. I can't do this anymore. And that was my depression. That, that was my wake-up call to go, well, honey, you can choose to stay in that coffin and, and understand that you're just waiting for your body to join you mm. or you can get out. Mm, chilling, and, chilling uh, description, chilling visual. And what, you just sort of ripped the Band-Aid off or did you take slow and steady steps to 
get on the other side of that? Well, I, I first went and saw a doctor who gave me antidepressants. That was my re that was my first step. Right? Was I, I, ne I knew I needed help, and and I wasn't going to see another day without help. So, and that took a lot of courage. I'm a very proud woman. So to walk into a complete stranger's office and go. Um, I'm not going to be alive by tonight unless I get help was, was a huge step for me. But I have to say, and probably this is why I'm so grateful I went through that whole thing. The traditional way of dealing with depression sucked. You know, I think it works for some people, but for those people who are like me, it is the worst thing that we can do is to go through the whole Let's go to the childhood trauma. Let's go and delve into that. I respect that. And for those people who it works for, you know, absolutely go ahead and, and do that. For me, I had to kickbox. I had to remember who I was. I had to, I had to get my solar plexus strong again. I had to get my self-esteem back. Wow. And I remember I had so much rage inside of me that I had suppressed all of these years. And I asked my husband at the time to, to hold the kickboxing bag for me one day at home. I wanted to get in an extra session. And I think after two minutes, he stepped away and he said, I'm not prepared to do this. And I was like, what's going on? He goes, I can't stand the look on your face because it's pure rage. Oh. And I was like, whoa, you know, why? And, and I was quite upset. I was like, why are you making this wrong when, you know, I got so much strength and power from my rage. And that's when I realized, especially for women, we are told we can't be angry. It's not feminine to be angry. Honey, there's so much power in rage. When you just think, I won my first cycling race, because I was mad as fuck. I was so angry. And when you think about it, rage is red. And red is your, your base chakra. It's like, there's so much power down there. Why wouldn't you want to activate it? So for me, it's about activating it and then using it in, in constructive action to put that energy behind it. But yeah, you know, rip off the band-aid. Get angry, you know. Fuck, get angry. You're depressed for a reason. And if you are not prepared to find out what that reason is, you're going to stay depressed. And I don't think that crawling off the couch is doing it for people. I think people need to jump off that motherfucking couch and start running. Stop with this, like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Maybe, baby, no, fuck baby steps. Just jump in. You'll swim, I promise. Wow. But you have to make that choice. You have to make that choice. You have to make just decide that you've had enough. Well, you have clearly had enough, and you are one badass MF, as the kids say. Seriously, thanks for showing up as you are. Um, looking back on a, a younger version of yourself, what advice would you give that girl? Mm. What advice would I give my younger self? I would say to her, honey, you've got it. You've got what it takes, but you have to believe. 
you have to believe in yourself because as long as you believe in yourself, the world's your oyster. And I would say to her, question everything. Question everything. Question yourself. Question your relationships. Question your beliefs. Question your teachers. Question the world. Never stop questioning. Without shame, without blame, just from a space of genuine curiosity. When you do that, the answers that you continuously receive, magic, baby, magic. Yeah. I believe it. Genius. What mantra do you live by today? The way I end all of my blogs, death is inevitable. Thriving is the choice of the brave. That is my mantra. Let me hear that again, please. Death is inevitable. Thriving is the choice of the brave. Death is inevitable. Thriving is a choice of the brave. Wow. Wow. Let's talk about that second portion. Thriving is the choice of the brave. Dissect that for me. I came to the understanding that there's existence which is what 99% of people are doing, and there's thriving. Thriving takes permission, permission granted, baby. You have to give yourself permission to thrive. And it's scary. It's scary because, you know, everybody says they want to thrive, but let me tell you that when you start making that choice, mm, people don't like you, right? because you have to become super selfish to thrive. Now, when I say super selfish, I mean, you have to take complete responsibility to be your best version self. You have to stop loving other people, AKA being codependent and all the pluckers around you. And you have to start loving yourself first and foremost. You have to accept yourself for who you are, warts and all, and you have to appreciate who you are. So for me, self-love, self-acceptance, self-appreciation, and self-respect is what's needed for you to thrive. And that takes courage because people, when you start showing up that way, those people who have been historically around you, well, they get held up a little mirror and it's kind of like, mm-mm, we don't like what we see. Now, maybe one or two of them are going to go, well, I want to go on the journey with you. You know, let's go and see where this is taking us. Most of them look at it and go, that's too much hard work. I don't want to do that. I, so what do they do? Instead of owning the fact that they're lazy, they'll go, you've changed. Yeah, I don't like you're who you've so become. Yeah. You're so obsessed. What's wrong with you? You're not fun anymore. Why can't we go party? Why do you want to go and study? Why do you want to work on your business? Come on now, let's go for coffee. And continuously saying no to that is courageous. Mm. It is courageous. But here's what I want people to know as well. When you leave behind the masses because you choose to thrive, the people that you will meet on your way, oh, they are exquisite. They Agree. 
Oh my God. I mean, like connecting with you today. I'm like, well, of course I would connect with you because you're fucking awesome. Oh, well, thank you. It's my pleasure. But you have to be willing to put yourself in the game, right? You have to be willing to leave behind the known and, and be brave enough to follow your fear. Oh, because you talked about fear in the beginning. I love fear. Oh my God, fear is my best friend. Fear will show you where your growth lies. Fear is like following the pebbles, like Hansel and Gretel, but let's not go to the witch's coffin. <laughs> but for me, it's like love pebbles. Like fear drops these love pebbles for you on your journey. Yeah. And if you're just courageous enough to follow it, you go, oh, that's what was behind my fear. Oh, that's what was behind my fear. So you know don't don't make fear a bad thing like make friends with your fear and ask her where are you leading me what is behind you what is it that i need to step into being who do i need to step into being so that i can see what you are hiding behind your skirts mm. and when you start doing that mm, i know wow, i know you see wow you don't say <laughs> Uh, next question. Um, are you ironic? Are you spiritual or religious in any ways? Spiritual. Yeah. How so? Spiritual. I grew up in a very religious home. Um, so I'm from a Dutch reformed upbringing. For those of you who don't know Dutch reformed, in with respect, you go and sit on a wooden bench for an hour every Sunday and get told how bad you are, basically. <laughs> and that you're going to hell. Unless you put your, your, you know, your money into the little collection and then you can buy your way into heaven. So I always questioned that. It just never felt right for me. Hmm. Um, and I respect people who are religious. You know, I'm not saying they're wrong and I'm, I'm right. I'm just saying it was wrong for me. However... I do absolutely believe that we live in this amazing universe um, of abundance and that there is a creator who wants to give us everything that we desire um, in a way that is for our highest and best good. So when I journal in the mornings, I always journal um, for my higher self or speaking to my higher self or God and Goddess or creator source. I always ask for assistance. Um, I draw up a little, like, like little contract for me, basically. So I'll have a look and see what it is that I want to achieve right now. And then I'll say, okay, universe, this is what I want you to bring for me. And this is what I will do from my side. And it's for me, it's a co-creation in everything that I desire. And when we start living like that, when I started living like that, life just became... A little easier I didn't have to do everything on my own but I've also learned that the universe tend to give us what we need not what we think we want so it will present the opportunities that we asked for but it's always like a little step up and so a lot of people will see the opportunities that asked for and then go oh no I'm not ready for that so it can't be the right thing for me, 
the universe wants us to grow because if we're not growing, atrophy sets in, which means we're basically dying. Mm. So it's not going to just, you know, put out the spread for you. It will give you the ingredients and say, there you go, darling, go bake your cake. Mm. Magnificent. What do you believe happens when it's all over, when our time here on earth comes to an end? Well, we get to choose if we want to do this all over again. <laughs> Go on. So, so I believe that we are just, we are part of creating here, having an experience, right? And so along the, the journey, there's certain things that we desire to experience and learn and and express and, and contribute to the life force. And when our journey here is complete, I believe that, uh, you know, we get to choose. Do we just want to be part of the universal energy again? Or do we want to come and play again? So I believe I will come and play again. I'm having so much fun. Why wouldn't I want to come and play again? But I think it's a choice. Like, you know, do you feel as you've had the, the experiences that you've wanted or do you want to come and experience even more? Hmm. Well, with that, I will leave you with this final question. Anel Bester, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, I would like to be remembered as that woman who created pockets of introspection for people to find their own truth. Period. There you go. Well, um, I couldn't ask for anything more from this discussion. Hopefully you can't either. You're tuning in. Um, I hope it's been incredible. For me, Anel, incredible doesn't even begin to define it. Thank you for coming along and um, opening up and showing up. Really a pleasure to connect with you. Absolutely. It was my privilege. And thank you. Thank you for creating this space. How amazing of you. Thank you for doing your life work and providing the stage for, for other entrepreneurs to contribute in their ways as well. Well, it feels right. So thank you for acknowledging it. I appreciate it. I also appreciate everybody tuning in and or watching. If you got something out of it, take one small step. Put something into the world. Take one piece of action. Make some good happen. We're going to do this again, not too far behind. Until we do, thank you for tuning in. And as always, go get them. Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.